Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome back to the Thistle Scottish Rugby Podcast. Scotland are unbeaten this autumn and we're playing Italy on the weekend and we're going to deep fry their pizzas. It is very exciting and we're back to preview everything coming up in the Autumn Nations Cup. As ever, I'm joined by Alan and Matt. Matt, how are you, pal? Yeah, good, mate. Once again, just the you know, return of international rugby. Bit of club rugby to get your teeth stuck, stuck into on a Monday night as well. You know, life's pretty good. Yeah, unless you're watching Glasgow, in which life is pretty bad. Um, Alan, how is your life, mate? Any any changes to report? Been actually an incredibly quiet last two weeks. So no, been been real nice. Um, and we've talked an awful lot on the pod recently about um, a, a young a young gal called Jura who is un. Uh, she's never seen a um, a Scotland loss, but there's a there's a new gal in town that has got 100% Scotland records. Um, so, Alan, congratulations on the arrival of, uh, of Wee Freya. Thanks. Little uh, Freya Jack Cuthbert is, uh, yeah, no, good. 13 days old today and has got a 100% record. I think, you know, Scotland Wales was a great sort of entry into the world of, Scot- world of Scottish rugby. And she's seen a New Zealand victory, uh, New Zealand loss, sorry, as well, before Scotland lost in her lifetime. Yeah, exactly. It, it couldn't have gone any better, if I'm honest with you. I was I was incredibly happy with how it turned out. It's it's going to be a real fight to try and bring a you know, keep her away from like the dark side of the All Blacks and kind of bring her into kind of the warmth and kind of familiarity of Scottish rugby. We just need to get her like non-stop Scottish rugby baby rompers. She's not allowed to wear any any All Black stash. No, literally none. Just sort of a constant 
going to try and like look into the back catalogue of like Scottish rugby, maybe try and get kind of like that, you know, the old Scottish orange strip, maybe a couple of like onesies in that colour, like the old purple strip, a couple of onesies in that point. So it'll be a real sort of indoctrination. Well, I think I think you went, you know, above and beyond by making your middle names Jack Cuthbert, um, named after your favourite player. So I thought that was a really nice touch. No, originally the first name was going to be Christina in the sort of homage to the sort of true prince of Scottish rugby. But uh, sadly, <laughs> Ashley's sister-in-law is also Christina. So the name the name was Viso the early doors. Well, it is a real shame. And hopefully Freya gets to um, witness her second Scotland victory at the weekend. We're going to preview that. Of course, Gregor Townsend named his team for the Italy game um, on uh, at lunchtime today. So we're going to look into that. We're also going to have a bit of a chat about the um, ticket prices which were announced this week for Scottish rugby and all other bits and bobs and odds and sorts of Scottish rugby this week. Quick reminder of where you can find us. We're on Twitter at Thistle Rugby Pod. On Instagram, Thistle underscore rugby underscore pod. Uh, You can send us uh, an email, thethistlerugby at gmail.com. Or you can also subscribe to our newsletter. That's on Substack, Thistle Scottish Rugby Pod. Um, Have a look there and we will be in your inbox most weeks with our take on Scottish rugby. So lots and lots going on there. Um, So where to start? Why don't we talk about this um, news breaking breaking this week? The SRU have announced their ticket prices for the Six Nations um, this this coming winter. Um, And I think it's safe to say they've gone down like an absolute lead balloon, particularly on Twitter, where things are usually nuanced and well debated. Um, but it does seem that there has been a significant price hike. Alan, what was your reaction to it all? Yeah, I think, you know, I think it's worth sort of considering, like, look at the context a little bit. I think, you know, ultimately the SOU, mostly more so than any other union, are getting absolutely pummeled by COVID. And obviously, you know, there's been sort of news of a vaccine, but ultimately it doesn't look like there's going to be a full stadium at Murrayfield until probably the Autumn Internationals 2021. You know, ticketing makes up like 40, 45% of SOU revenue. And then, you know, ultimately with broadcast, they probably had to like pay back a bit of money given just kind of the fact that they weren't able to deliver some of the games. So they're clearly like reeling pretty badly. And I think we've sort of discussed a little bit between us, but I think it's, it's unfair to kind of criticise the SOU for for not having planned for this scenario. You know, ultimately, they would have needed 20, 25 million pounds just sitting in the bank to be able to sort of ride out COVID. And I, I just think that if they'd even tried to kind of save up that level of money or keep that money in the bank, people, you know, including clubs and journalists, et cetera, would have rightly said, why the hell are you keeping all that money in the bank? You need to invest it in the game. So I think... There's been a bit of unfair criticism on the SAU. I think the, um, the the other point that we were talking about before we, we came on air was just, you know, hearing this news and, and the fact that fans have to pay to enter the ballot, um, you know, notwithstanding the, the context that the Scottish Rugby Union is operating at the moment, um, you know, compared to the amount of money that Dodson and the other executives have been paid. Now, as you say, Alan, it's like it's like difficult to um, 
to sort of directly draw a line between the two, but just optically and on the face of it, it, it doesn't look great. Um, and I kind of feel like a lot of the ticketing changes that have been made are, are probably, you know, just due to the, the, the financial circumstances of the SRU, but it feels like the kind of communication, the, the PR has been a little bit off, which just, you know, doesn't help things. Yeah, I guess it, and I think you're right. I think in the sense, you know, ultimately some of the things that they've had uh, have been a necessity of the situation, but it feels like there has been mistakes in terms of how they've communicated it both publicly, but then also to like clubs and to venture holders. So, you know, the, in a normal times, clubs and to benches holders have access to a certain amount of tickets, which in this kind of new COVID world, they don't appear to have that level of access. And from what we can tell, there hasn't been that clear line of communication from the SAU as to how many tickets they're going to have access to, why the change has been made, et cetera, et cetera. And then I think the one piece that I think does is relatively shady from the SAU is ultimately they've kind of done this Nevis membership, which I think, you know, most people kind of understood that fans weren't going to get back in the stadium for the Autumn International. But I think, you know, a lot of people still think that, that there will be fans back in for, for the Six Nations. But what they did do is they obviously released the Nevis membership, really pushed it hard, both, you know, I got quite a few emails kind of talking about, you know, support the team, et cetera, et cetera. And then once kind of that certain level of people, I think they kind of announced that, you know, over 10,000 people have bought the membership, then they announced the ticket pricing, which in comparison to kind of prior years is significantly higher than what it than what it's been. And I think if you'd announced the ticket pricing at the same time as you're launching the membership, that just feels like you're being a lot more transparent than, than they have done. Yeah, I think that's a really interesting point. I think um, a little bit of the um, the optics is slightly are slightly different because in normal years, basically very few tickets go on sale for the Six Nations at sort of street value because obviously huge amounts go to debentures, huge amounts go to clubs, and the vast majority of the rest are already apportioned via um, season passes. So you pay a sort of lump sum and you get five, which obviously disguises the fact that your Six Nations tickets are usually way more expensive than a, you know, an autumn international against Samoa, for example. But I think, as as you guys have both correctly said, optically, it just doesn't look great. And I think there is a huge amount. I do believe there's an awful lot of goodwill out there for Scottish rugby. Not necessarily the SRU, but for Scottish rugby, and I think that's showing in the fact that you've had over ten thousand people sign up. But I think there has just been a little bit of the, the sequencing of the announcements and the slight sort of um, the, the little bit of the drip feed of information in terms of costs. I think is quite poor, um, and the fact that you know, if you're pissing off people like Graham Love, who's sort of much loved in the online community, and he's a guy. He's very earnest. He's a you know a fan who travels a long way to come to, to Murrayfield. You know his season pass for the last season. He was working out at thirty nine fifty, so forty quid per game. His seat has now been apportioned to the upper category of category category one. So any ticket is between ninety quid and one hundred and five quid. So you know for you, your actual sort of cost per game, your individual fan 
that is a that is a huge cost increase um and it's going to be very difficult for a lot of individuals to to front that up um so i think in a number of ways it has just been it's been badly handled and and quite rightly a lot of fans are feeling a little bit yeah it'll be interesting i think um i know the 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 kind of second half of the SAU AGM has been put in for about two weeks' time. So that means that the annual report for kind of the 1920 season will be out within the next sort of week or two. And it'll be interesting to see kind of how big the impact of COVID has been. And it'll be interesting. I know we've been quite critical of the uh, the SAU kind of comms approach, both on this board and previous board. But it'll be interesting to see, like, Wait, what what is the kind of optimal time to get that annual report out to get the least amount of like fan and a chatter online? I was thinking if Scotland win literally one minute after the Scotland Italy game, just kind of like on the most kind of like I was trying to like neutral tweet of all time, just send the annual report out just with nothing else added to it. I think Scotland beat Italy. Don't even do a tweet. Don't even do any social media. Just put it on, um, put it on company's house and just don't announce it at all. Just, just leave it. <laughs> That'd be like the, the ultimate, the ultimate sort of like um, dead drop. Just um, get the win, release it, and um, and then just go fully reactive. Be like, oh, oh yeah, you saw that. Oh cool, yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm glad you found it. Here's our response to us having no money. I guess on the interest, you know, I think originally when the SOU were talking kind of quite publicly about finances, I think there was a feeling that maybe a certain amount of fans would be back in the stadium in the autumn and potentially we'd be close to at least half, if not full stadiums by the Six Nations and we would have fans back at pro rugby. I guess what will be interesting to see is if that tone changes at all because, you know, as we said, like, Ultimately, the SU has a massive cost base, and I know they've reduced it slightly with some of the player wages, but ultimately, th- those costs haven't reduced very much. And ultimately, they can't furlough the players at the moment because elite sportsmen are back. So they are having to shell out all their, the majority of their costs whilst receiving significantly lower revenue for, a, for quite a long period of time. But no, it'll be, it'll be interesting to see how, how it is positioned in, I think it's the 26th of November. Yeah, and I think on, on, their, on their, their cost base, I think one thing that they, they have desperately tried to do is to not make major redundancies within the sort of the backroom staff or the, the, the groups of people that run the SRU, they haven't. They've obviously had wage agreements with the the players when the, um, when they've come back, but they haven't made any mass redundancies. So I think when you've got when you're not bringing in any money, you've got to still run a union. You want to keep everyone in jobs. You've got to fund Edinburgh and Glasgow to a certain standard. You know, like how do you make it's it's not an easy position. I don't think the SRU are doing it very well. But how do you run the SRU when you've got no money? <laughs> without courting a little bit of public controversy it's uh it's you know god it's uh, it's a really difficult position for them to be in but um we get that's all financy stuff and i know we love it we usually save it for a quiz but um i think we should probably move on to the the slightly more interesting factors of rugby on the pitch which we've got to look forward to at the weekend 
Um, and just a, a quick little detour before we get there. Obviously, um, Edinburgh have signed another young um, South African lad, a young uh, a young prop who's coming to Edinburgh at the start of next season via a seven month hiatus at um, the Leicester Tigers. Matt, I think you were the one that picked this up. Yeah, I mean, it's a bit of a funny one because Edinburgh still haven't announced it, but um, website in South Africa is saying that um, this guy, Luan De Bruyne, I think that's how you pronounce it, um, tight head prop, um, coming over from from the Cheetahs, uh, yeah, as you said, via stint with with Leicester, um, and he's apparently signed a a three-year deal um, with with Edinburgh. Don't don't know a lot about him. Haven't seen him play, but um, someone on Twitter was saying that he's he's really highly rated at the Cheetahs and in South Africa um, to the extent that he he recently played in this um, South Africa like internal trial match that, that, that they did, sort of green versus gold. Um, but it seems as if he's got quite a few players ahead of him, um, so decided to to move over to. To Scotland. I mean, it's it's a position maybe that I don't know if he's being lined up as a project player. Um, he's certainly got time to to fulfil that role because he's only twenty eight. Um, but if you think of the other um, tight heads that we, that we have at the moment, obviously Ferguson has really nailed down that Scotland shirt. But behind that, you kind of got Bergen who does decent enough job, but Nell's probably getting towards the end of his career. Um, Beyond that, you kind of got, I suppose, Darcy Ray, Murray McCallum, um, maybe the head honchos that the recruitment guys at the SOU have sort of thought we need to strengthen in that in that area, or potentially it's just uh, you know Edinburgh strengthening in that in that. Area. Did you say he's twenty eight, Matt? He's twenty eight. Yeah. Oh, I had the impression that he was a young gun. Uh, that kind of changes my my views on it, I suppose. In that case, but, I mean, when when Nell came over, he would have been about that age. To be fair, maybe a bit younger, because Nell made his debut five years ago. Yeah, Nell's thirty four now, so Nell would have come over at twenty nine. No, he came. You came to Edinburgh in twenty twelve, so he would have been twenty six. Six. Sorry. Yes. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think obviously at prop you tend to peak later in your career. It's not like signing a winger or something. So I'm a bit more relaxed about that. But it might not even be a project signing. Yeah, I think we've we've sort of discussed. It. I think there's been this debate around you know why are Glasgow picking up kind of these sort of slightly older sort of seasoned pros rather than kind of picking up players from the Super 6. And I think the an- the answer feels like it's because no one in the Super 6 has played for about nine, ten months, right? So it's hard to bring these these guys in and, and get them kind of game ready within a few weeks, Where whereas people like TG Ione appear to, you know, they, they can sort of pick it up relatively quickly. So I've, I've kind of got less, less issue with, with those signings, whereas something like this where – He's obviously not going to come in for about nine nine months, and you'd hope that Super Six is sort of back back in the fold by then. I imagine you know, there must be a few tight heads around sort of Scottish rugby who 
who are a little bit kind of peeved with 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 that signing rather than kind of diving into and um, the kind of the super six bucket, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah, I I do I completely get your point, but I I think the fact that he is like a pretty established player who's I think he's been at the Chiefs for like eight years. Um, got a lot of appearances under his belt. It's not as if they're signing like a real journeyman. I think that could be someone who could genuinely improve the squad, um, you know, rather than someone who's coming for, uh, you know, when, when he's right at the end of his his career. Well, yes. And, um, well, Danny Wilson talked about the um, that Super 6 um, progression, the fact that none of those lads have played um, rugby when he was announcing a couple of new ringers that have come into Glasgow this week. Lewis Bean, second row coming up from Northampton Saints and um, scrum half Caleb Quarterweg. Am I saying that? Quarterweg? Very interesting name. New Zealander anyway. Um, who both made their Glasgow debuts at the weekend against um, Ulster. But he said it's very difficult to judge the the lads, the young lads in the Super 6 because they haven't played for so long. Did you have any particular views, Matt or Alan, about those young lads, those lads coming into Glasgow? Just any bodies that can play at the moment for them, right? Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Which players, sorry? The Lewis Bean and um, Caleb Cortag, Cortag, who joined Glasgow, who were sort of snuck, snuck in the back door at Glasgow. Yeah, um, I think it's a bit odd that now Glasgow have announced two signings in that manner, um, using the match day squad <laughs> to, to announce it. Um, they did it with that prop during the, the Edinburgh game as well, during the 1872. Um, I mean, I think it, obviously there's very extenuating circumstances at the moment, but I think it is a bit of a worry that Glasgow are already resorting to seemingly like almost panic short-term loan signings to cover positions. Now, maybe that's not helped by the fact that Townsend has decided to retain a lot of players in the squad, but I just, I don't think it looks... Great. Um, on the the quarter egg one, I'm a bit more. I, I understand a bit because I, a bit more because I think um, he is still pretty young. I think he's under 23. Um, I think he might actually. I think he's from New Zealand, 
but I think he's Scots qualified. And at least it shows that you know, maybe it is because they didn't have anyone else, but it hopefully shows that the Super 6 is managing to produce at least some players. Well, fingers crossed. And hopefully once Super 6 gets back running, that will make things an, a little bit easier when the squads are so threadbare during an international period. But let's get on to that international period because we've got the small matter of the first weekend of the Autumn Nations Cup, that brand new tournament that everyone's very excited about coming up this weekend. And Gregor Townsend announced his team at lunchtime today. So Rory Sutherland, um, and Xander Ferguson are joined by Stuart McAnally in for injured Fraser Brown. Um, Scott Cummings and Johnny Gray in the second row. Jamie Ritchie, Hamish Watson and Blade Thompson unchanged in the back row. Ali Price is joined by the pudding, Duncan Weir at number 10. In the centre, Sam Johnson returns from injury to partner Chris Harris, everyone's favourite. And in the back three, Duhan, Darcy and Stuart Hawk. Matt, give me a very quick overview of what you thought of that team. I really like it. I think the the pack's obviously pretty much unchanged in last week. Don't think you lose a great deal by having Stuart McAnally in there. I thought he looked pretty good when he came on. Obviously, we knew that Hastings and Russell were out, but you know D- Duncan Weir is, is a very different player to those two, but he's been doing really well for, for Worcester. Seems confident at the moment, and it seems like he is a very well-liked member of that squad. So I think that the players around him are, are comfortable with him and, and happy to see him there. Um, I think Johnson ahead of Lang is a bit of an upgrade as well. Um, I think there's still question marks about how Scotland attack through Johnson and Harris, but I think overall that's a that's a good sign. Um, I just w- can't wait to see the Doohan released. And uh, hopefully we can just see him sort of coming um, through and being used in a few strike moves because I think that he will um, he could have a bit of a field day against the Italians Alan what do you reckon I guess yeah, starting with the the pack I guess like 1 to 7 is feels pretty standard now and with 2 just essentially being either Fraser Brown or Rambo it doesn't really matter um, I, I think Blade Thompson had a relatively quiet game Against Wales, and you know, part part of that's probably because he was in a back row with Watson and Ritchie, who, who kind of shone quite brightly in in that match. But I actually thought that Conor Dupree looked pretty strong when he when he came off the bench. So I was a bit surprised that a he's in on the bench, but I thought he might actually usurp um, Blade Thompson to to get that starting number eight jersey. But it's uh, it looks like obviously they've they've stuck with Blade Thompson, which he, Hopefully, maybe you know, out in Italy with hopefully potentially slightly better weather, he might get get a bit more time sort of running with the ball. I see they brought Sam Skinner into the into the bench, which is which is nice to see. I think I reckon potentially by the end of the Six Nations, you might have a back row of Richie Watson and Skinner if they can fit them all in together. Yeah, and that was that was an area, you, Matt. You talked about an upgrade in terms of Sam Johnson coming in for Lang, but I think with the sort of full complement of extra lads and, and people coming back into the game. I think that bench is, it looks stronger than it has done in the previous two games. George Turner, obviously coming in, the, the quite he's, he's well known as the third choice hooker, but he's still a very decent option off the bench 
Ollie Kebbles, you know, has seemed to have fitted in with international rugby very well. WP Nell does what he does. But then Skinner, Haining, Hidalgo Klein returning, which is interesting, and then Lang and Kinghorn. It, that bench felt to me like it had a bit more to it than maybe we've had for the last couple of weeks. Yeah, definitely. I think particularly Kebble, the, the impact he's made uh, off the bench has, has been pretty incredible. It's, it's an interesting one, um, I think, Sam Hidalgo Klein in particular, because obviously Scott Steele got an odd last week um, ahead of George Horn. It does seem as if George Horn is injured this week. Um, Tanzan mentioned he's got some sort of toe injury. But I wonder, I was just kind of thinking in broader terms, how someone like George Horn fits into this kind of new Scotland style that you know, the fastest brand of rugby, which he would have suited perfectly, is obviously no more. I, just, I kind of wonder what his place is within the, the side and whether you know the likes of Steele, Hidalgo Klein, even some like Henry Pergos are maybe considered ahead of him now. Do you not feel in, in sort of normal circumstances he, he is the sort of perfect bench option because he brings you know, so much energy? I think he is. I mean, I think that would be, you almost think he'd be more effective from the bench than starting. But I'm just sort of making the point that at the, the way that Scotland seems to be trying to play at the moment probably puts a bit more of a premium on the territory game. And probably the weakest part of George Horne's game is his box kick. Now, I, I personally think that's the bit of a scrum house game that is the easiest to work on and improve. But maybe at the moment, you know, Steele and Hidalgo Klein are seen as, as better options, albeit Horne is injured at the moment. Yeah, and again, you know, it's interesting that Sam Hidalgo Klein has come now in to take over from sort of Scott Steele. I don't think Steele had... I don't know, Steele obviously came in on the wing, was it, for, for in that Wales game. Um, so obviously, yeah. he get a chance to to show to show his kind of um, his skills, but clearly, you know, it's a bit of a Finn Russell esque kind of return to return to the full. It feels like Sam Adele Klein was very much kind of, you know, I think very much out of Scotland minds um, for especially sort of the last sort of year and a half, two years. So to see him sort of, you know, it's a pretty amazing turnaround given given where he was at six months ago. Phenomenal! Amazing what a um, a premiership and a European title will do for you. I suppose we are obviously we are huge fans of Duncan Weir around these parts. Um, friend of the pod, of course, was on during our lockdown series. Um, if he goes down injured, such is the fashion for Scotland standoffs this autumn. Is it? Are we looking at seventy five minutes of hog at ten, or do you think we would see? Lang come on and fulfil that role? I think you're more, you're far more likely to see Lang come on. Um, I think Lang at, at Harlequins hasn't started a lot of games at 12, at, at 10 rather, because of Marcus Smith, but as the games have gone on, he's moved into 10. Um, and, and by all accounts, actually kind of sees that as his favourite position. So, you know that would seem like the the obvious switch. I, I can't. I I really do feel like Hogg is just that he can do it, but you know you you wouldn't want him doing it with more than you know ten fifteen minutes on on the clock. So I think it's a yeah. He's he's that like fourth or fifth choice ten. I'd say. 
Yeah, absolutely. And again, you know, ultimately, you don't want Hogg hanging around in that sort of 10 channel. You, you want him at, out in the outside channels, kind of attacking the space and sort of taking kind of forwards on the outside. I think, you know, we're, we've been big fans of, of Dunky Ware pudding for a long time. And as you said, I think, you know, that podcast he did with us in the summer, I mean, it was just amazing to hear kind of how passionate he was about playing for Scotland. And obviously he brings a certain skill set, which I think, you know, he he is obviously a great kicker. And I think to a point has a great passing game. But clearly the Scotland attack is going to be missing something, having Dunkey Ware there instead of Finn Russell. And I guess you know, does does that change potentially at all how Scotland sort of go go at this game? Is it do you think they might just try and just use Dunkey Ware, Dunkey Ware's boot with Ali Price just to kind of really get win that territory game early on and just kind of kind of grind down that Italian team. I think that's what you saw in Rome during the Six Nations from from Adam Hastings. I'd say that Scotland actually played a pretty conservative game overall with quite a lot of box kicking from Price, as you as you said, um, and only sort of managed to to break out via that Stuart Hogg try and. Um, and the, the Hutchinson try right at the end. So, yeah, I mean, Duncan Weir arguably fits like the the new Scotland approach better than the than the other guys. Um, but I, I imagine Townsend will just will slightly tweak the game to to suit his strengths. I guess there's been a lot of chat about the sort of Hastings Russell ten twelve access. What what about Pudding Russell ten twelve access? Because they did play a little bit together, 10 and 12, like really back in the day. I remember Ware sort of came in a bit earlier than Russell, but they were very much kind of both kind of around um, Glasgow at the same time. And, and it, it was it was actually, I remember there was a period of time where it was, it was the conversation was very much, they were both fighting for that 10 jer- jersey. Yeah, I do suppose Hastings and Russell at least play like a similar brand of rugby. I think you might have quite mixed messages coming from Duncan Weir and Finn Russell if they were sort of at that 10-12 axis as the key decision makers. How, uh, how good is the lid though? It's, it's absolutely unbelievable. Um, and he's doing it for this this Acorn Hospice, isn't he? It's not just a kind of a fashion. Yeah. He, is, he is raising money for that. It's, uh, at what stage is he planning to cut it? Is it the end of the year? I actually have zero idea. Hopefully, never. Just constantly grow it indefinitely for charity. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's uh, I, I'm I'm super excited. It's interesting to talk about um, how Scotland are going to approach the game. The bookies, often an interesting way to look at this, are saying Scotland by ten. How does that feel for you guys, Alan? I know you like a little flutter. Are you going over or under ten points for Scotland? I guess we sort of always, I think for the whole of this podcast, we've always said, you know, this is the match that Italy are going to be targeting. Um, but ultimately, I think it's become pretty apparent that this Scotland team has more than enough to to beat the, the kind of the Italy team. And I think especially, you know, not only are there going to be no Italian fans in the ground, but also the match is being played up in Florence. So not even at the sort of usual usual home ground. Um, so I actually think 10 probably isn't enough. I think, I, you know, 
given kind of where the, the teams have performed and given what's happening with sort of pro pro rugby, I would I would probably give Scotland sort of a fifteen to twenty point um handicap. Yeah, it's an interesting one. I mean I think Scotland and a lot of teams during lockdown have talked about trying to create their own atmosphere with the fans absent. And it seems like Scotland did a pretty good job of that against Wales. You know, a lot of um, pretty basic stuff, right? But a, a lot of noise from, from the bench. Um, so I think, you know, that that is a pretty good sign going into this, to this match. Um, I don't think Italy have uh, released their team yet, but, you know, apart from a pretty strong back row, you'd think, you know, man for man, Scotland are comfortably ahead of them. So, it, I mean, I still think it'll be a difficult match. And I still think, you know, Scotland are, you know, admittedly coming on the back of two good wins, but it could be quite a scrappy affair. So if Scotland won by 10, I would still be pretty happy. Oh, yeah. Bite, bite your hand off for that. It's a big a big change from South Wales in uh, gale force conditions two weeks ago. It's going to be 18 degrees and sunny in Florence at the weekend. It was absolutely lovely for the lads. Obviously, the first weekend of the brand new Autumn Nations um, Cup. We were talking a little bit off air about perhaps us as fans, and we are at the sort of more engaged end of fandom not feeling that engaged with this new competition. Do you think there's a chance that the players will maybe feel a little bit like that and this could just end up, this whole competition in autumn could end up just being a little bit, a little bit underwhelming? I think the players less so. I just think given, again, how long there was that gap with across sort of spring and the summer, I think a lot of these players are, are like pretty desperate for international rugby and are sort of, you know, again, See, I, I think just given the professionalism of players these days, I think uh, most of the time that they're, they're, they're pretty up for it. Um, I think from a fan perspective, and, and I actually don't think that a lot of the time this sort of outside of the World Cup, I imagine, is, you know, ultimately Autumn Internationals, Autumn Nations Cup is not going to change kind of how much they they're sort of um, they sort of they're going to be ready for the game. I think from a fan's perspective, I just think given the ch- the change in the, the, this introduction of this tournament, I think, a just sort of confuses people who aren't engaged with with rugby on a sort of daily basis. And I think you know, whilst obviously a lot of people do have Amazon Prime and it is kind of pretty easy to download and get a thirty day trial, a lot of people just won't do it, right? And ultimately, the great ease of BBC is for most people they just turn on the TV and it's there. Were you going to say something, Matt? I was, and I've forgotten what it was. <laughs> uh, sorry, the only thing I was going to say, um, and Alan, I don't know if this might impinge on your impending quiz, but um, Scotland are on a really good roll now of, of victories. Um, you know, it's, it's. I think they're. It's the first time they've first time they won three successive Six Nations since 1996 or something. Um, best winning streak since 2011. And you look at this Awesome Nations Cup with Italy, France, and we haven't mentioned this, but France are potentially going to have to play a bit of a um, second string side against us because they're limited to playing three matches in the Autumn Nations Cup due to club agreements and then Fiji. Now, they're three games that Scotland should be really targeting. Um, 
and and that would put Scotland on like I don't know a, an unbelievable you know uncharted waters in terms of that record. So I th- I think from players' perspective, although they will be taking it a game at a time, I'm sure like that surely is quite a big motivator. I would think. Sadly, I think some of the um, columns coming out of the French camp were that they were going to rest some of their big-name players for this weekend to save them for the Scotland game oh, next uh, week. Because, um, yeah, I think like a lot of you, like DuPont's Intermac, it's been a bit, bit weird that they've already used them for two games, so a lot of the big names can only play one more game, I think, in the during sort of the autumn. So... I think most people assumed that, yeah, they were just going to do three matches in a row and then bring in like a fresh new 23. But some of the, I think it was Paul Edison was saying on Twitter that the the, the chat is, is that they're going to actually rest them for the Fiji game and then bring in the big guns for the Scotland game. But then will not have their big guns if they make it to the final of the Autumn Nations Cup. I should read articles properly. <laughs> Can't believe you're just out there retweeting fake news. <laughs> you're, you're part of the problem, man. Yeah, I know. Um, I mean, one thing that's caught our eyes and a lot of people's eyes is the um, the adverts for the Autumn Nations Cup, including the very strange one of Hoggy doing doing a really bad dropout and then sort of jumping through someone's TV. It's it's all been very very strange. I've been, I don't know if you guys, but I've been getting pushed so much um, Autumn Nations Cup, Amazon Prime advertising on Twitter, just constant, just like Nigel Owens, just like refing people, throwing boxes around. All, and all generally quite strange advertising. Yeah, I've seen the one where they're in the distribution centre. I think it's pretty terrible. Yeah, I guess they've probably had to put all these together like on a pretty short notice and i don't know don't know how much budget amazon are chucking at this um investment into rugby i would guess they're probably keeping it fairly lean although i think the um the presenting the presenting team that they've put together looks pretty decent i would say for amazon the real the hook to get people in is free one day shipping or the Autumn nations cup so i think you know that's going to command a lot of investment Jeff Bezos just waiting for that Monday morning email, viewing figures of Scotland Italy at twelve forty-five on Saturday. Ha, like, what what has the impact been? You can just see Jeff just kicking back in his like sort of like super like sort of Bond villain pad, just like watching Scotland Italy. He's going to absolutely love it. Two forty-five a.m. in Seattle. <laughs> just post like a big night out. Just got a kebab and a couple of like. <laughs> warm carlings and he's just like right and then immediately fires the individual responsible for (laughs) (laughs) watches like the watches the first five minutes and he's just like on the phone he's like whoever did this is gone so i saw jamie because i saw jamie lyle who's uh is what is going to be commentating on the uh i think the scotland Italy game so uh i think it's a at least this sort of pick Picked up a few few people, and um, it should be good. Yeah, I, mean, I think Gabby Logan's fronting it up, so we've got a couple of Scots in there. I think John Barkley's part of the team as well. Um, I mean, I think they've done, I think the presenting team is pretty good. And actually, I think was it the 
um, I, I, my experience of watching Premier League football on Amazon has always been pretty decent in terms of like the functionality of it. So it's the way the world's going. Sadly, it feels that more and more of these events are going to end up on a streaming service for you know a few quid rather than it being on BBC. Yeah, there was a, there was an interesting interview with I, I can't remember if it's the Welsh rugby C, new CEO or if it was the chairman, but it, it the, the sort of general tone was kind of off the back of COVID. Ultimately, rugby's going to have to go behind a paywall, um, and I think that was probably the way it was going anyway. But COVID ultimately gives you that nice cover to be like, well, you know, look how bad financially it's been for us. We we need this money, and I think. I'm at, I think the, the current Six Nations deal runs up until 2021, but it, the general tone was that post-2021, it's going to be going to a Sky, BT, Amazon, etc. Well, a look into the future, but as we say, Amazon Prime 12.45 for Scotland against Italy this weekend. 30-day free trial on Amazon Prime if you fancy it and getting involved in there although i reckon if you're listening to this podcast you're probably going to watch anyway so um alan do you want to finish us off with a little bit of a quiz yeah i've uh, i've got a really really average quiz for us all to sort of uh, enjoy and take part in um so looking and, and dave no cheating because for some reason i just think you might cheat um I do <laughs> Look, uh, this starting twenty three this weekend, and uh, you can both just call it your answers. How many players do you think have over forty or more caps? Do you want a guess of of a number, or do you want the names of the people? Alan? Alan, you're on mute. Sorry. Yeah, just the number. Okay. Over, so over 40, did you say? 40 or more. Including the bench? Including the bench. Two? Matt? I was going to say three. Two is correct. Dave, who are you two? Rambo and Hoggy. Matt, who, who, would, be, who would your two be? Gray and Hoggy. Gray and Hoggy is correct. Rambo's, um, Rambo's only 39. And WPNL, who I assumed would have over 40, for, and I guess actually going back to quite later, he's not actually playing that long. He's, uh, he's only on 38. Um, so, yeah. So what one all, and then the other one is there is how many clubs are represented in the match day twenty three, firstly, and then we'll kind of go through them. Professional clubs. Professional clubs. So I'm sure you would get there. But would be one. <laughs> Don't want to end up getting into another fight with um, Alistair Reed about club representation. Yeah, no, this uh, isn't does not include clubs such as Auburn Lore and um, and sort of Highland. 
just the professional clubs. Matt, go, you can go first. Um, seven. Dave? Come on. Six? Seven is correct. Do you want to go, Matt, what are your seven? So you've got Edinburgh and Glasgow, obviously. Yeah. Scarlet. Yeah. Worcester. Yeah. Wins. Yeah. Gloucester. Exeter. That's your seven. Yeah, that's seven. There you go. All right. And then I, t- I told you this was going to be crap. The uh, For the Ottoman, for the Six Nations, there obviously has been the tickets, which have gone, you know, whether it's 55 to 110 pounds, but they've also announced the hospitality pricing. For the Scotland-Italy game, there was two hospitality tickets. You've got the Thistle Suite, which is your lower tier, and then you've got the Centenary Club, which is your higher tier. I want whoever's closest for the top, the, the sort of top tier hospitality prize. What, what do you think the SOU in this current economic climate are putting out there for the Centenary Club for the Scotland-Italy game? For, for a ticket table. <laughs> for, for one ticket hospitality ticket for the Scotland Italy game what's in, what's uh, what's included uh I don't I don't really know a game some food I imagine maybe some drinks you know a good good time I'm sure I, you know it's not a bad time for people. I think the thistle <laughs> thistle lounge is right yeah I mean it's it's a bit insulting that the thistle lounge is like this the lower tier of hospitality What's that, Dave? What, 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 what do you think some people are paying to see see Scotland, Italy in the Six Nations? I'm just reading up on the uh, on what the Centenary Club uh, includes. Is this the one that they announced? You know, after we got pumped by Ireland, and they were like, "Great news, guys! We've got a new hospitality partner." For, uh, um... <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's got its own private toilets, so that's worth a premium at Murrayfield. To be perfectly honest, nice. Um, Four fifty, Matt. Are you higher or lower? I think I'm lower than that. I was going to say three hundred. It's uh, eight hundred and sixteen pounds. Ex- excuse me. <laughs> I, I know, mate. I saw that and I was like, "Are you having an absolute laugh?" <laughs> it's such a random eight. number as well. <laughs> Is that and, 750 plus VAT. Yeah. And then for um for the Ireland and Wales game, the Centenary Club is 1,296. What? <laughs> Who's paying these numbers? That's that's really expensive. Yeah, I know. But again, I'm sorry. If you're paying more than £800 for a ticket to see Scotland, Italy, you are mental. Like, you, even if you're a billionaire, you shouldn't be paying £816 to go and see Scotland. Jeff Bezos, Jeff Bezos wouldn't pay £816. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. No, Centenary. I mean, I don't know what is in this Centenary Club, but it's got to be fucking amazing. Mate, this, this, is, this is... Forget the... Ticket price increase. This is the real scandal. Oh, no one cares about people in hospitality. 
This is like the Whopper Gate. This is ridiculous. I'm 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 reading about it now. You can get so private tables of two to ten people, um, direct access to the West Stand, private bar, welcome drink on arrival, fine dining, pre and post match Q and A's with player appearances, a professional host, which you'd you'd, you'd expect, um, padded seats in the stand, souvenir match program. And a post-match refreshment. So that that to me implies that there's a private bar, but you have to pay for it because you're getting a free drink at the end and a free drink after the game, at the start and after the game. Um, it, it doesn't. It does. It doesn't say. I mean, if they're if they're charging for the bar as well, like <laughs> it looks all right. I'm looking. I'm I'm looking at the website now. It looks all right. They're doing a player Q and A with um, Lewis Carmichael in the photo that I've seen. <laughs> Eight hundred and sixty quid for, for Lewis Carmichael. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I'm trying to find the thistle sweep. Um, we should try and end. I quite I quite like that we're the sort of the cheaper option. I'd like to introduce the the thistle podcast suite, which is just like us big bag of cans at the bottom of the stairs um <laughs> from the um the the tram that would be good actually yeah just like a sl- a 24 slab of tenants at the bottom of like outside of the gates of murrayfield we i, I think there is a it's, we should be able to host a night in the thistle suite given given the name I think that's something we should contact the SOU about. Yeah, and maybe we'll, maybe we'll get all the the ticket receipts, you know, so that much money. I think people would pay 550 quid. The Thistle and Chris Dean present the Thistle suite. Oof. 500 quid ahead. <laughs> Decent. Right. That's interesting. I, I generally had never really considered hospitality at Murrayfield. No, and I know, I, I, and I won't be from now on. But <laughs> yeah. um, great. Well, Scotland, Italy this weekend. We'll be back next week um, to to obviously run the rule over a big Scotland win and look forward to our next match. I think it's France up next, isn't it? Yeah. Yes. Um, so we will be back to uh, review the Italy game and preview that big match against France. In the meantime, please do get in touch with us on Twitter at Thistle Rugby Pod on Instagram Thistle underscore Rugby underscore Pod in the mailbag the Thistle Rugby at gmail dot com and subscribe to that newsletter. It will be coming out on Monday morning, maybe Tuesday morning because I think um, Glasgow are playing on Edinburgh playing on Monday night. So we'll maybe do Tuesday morning this week so we include all of that. That's Substack, Thistle Scottish Rugby Pod. But until then, enjoy. See ya. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. 
If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.